Hey guys, I want to let you know, January 29th, I'm going to be in Nashville for the Funnel Hacker Live event with Russell Brunson. But I also want to let you know that that evening at 8 p.m., we're going to be gathering at the Opryland Resort at the Fused Restaurant. It's going to be myself, Peter Prue, John Danes, and a whole bunch of other heavy hitters. I want you to join us there. It's January 29th, 8 p.m. at the Opryland at Fused. Meet us there. To RSVP and get a free admission, go to Nashville.TechMoneyTalks.com. Go to Nashville.TechMoneyTalks.com. All right, guys. Peace. everybody, Brian McCumber here with Tech Money Talks. I am really excited today because we have a very special guest on the podcast. We are fortunate to have Dylan Kivo as a special guest on the show. And for those of us in e-com, you should know who Dylan is because he's the founder and editor-in-chief of Kivo Daily, which is a global digital media technology and brand building company with a primary focus on business and entrepreneurs. If you don't know who he is, then you're missing out big time because he's an expert in branding and is becoming a major influencer in this space. Dylan continues to raise a bar and has been keeping it real. This brother's been keeping it real the whole time. If you're interested in starting an online business to make extra money, you better save this episode in your back pocket and listen to it over and over again because the stories and the tips you're going to learn here will give you the opportunity to quickly launch your own business to help your wallet grow fat. Dylan has been absolutely crushing it in this business with his digital media company, developing major industry connections. And Dylan has a close pulse on the industry and has helped many companies and entrepreneurs with branding. Time is money and everyone's looking to get a piece of his time. And I'm so happy to have him on the show today. Dylan, thanks for joining us, man. How's it going? Bro, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that. Thanks for edifying <laughs> me like that. I really appreciate that, man. Yeah. How, did, how was it? Was that pretty good? It was good. It was solid. Awesome, I definitely got to save that one for the books. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, well, hey, you deserve it, man. You've been killing it for <laughs> sure. And uh, and I'm really happy to have you on the show. So, But I'd say, you know, maybe for the audience, we can start off by taking a step back and you can kind of share your journey into branding and digital marketing. Absolutely, man. So it actually all started about four, four or five-ish years ago. I was actually a firefighter north in, uh, in Virginia. In, in Norfolk, North, uh, in Virginia. And I, I just, I wasn't extremely happy with where I was headed. It was really cool to have the opportunity to, you know, help out the citizens of like Norfolk and like, you know, go through like the, the social, um, the aspect of, of giving and helping people. And I've always mm -hmm. loved that about like about myself. I've always like loved to help others. Right. So mm -hmm. that was the, that was probably like my favorite thing about being a mm -hmm. firefighter. However, unfortunately where in the department that I was in, they just didn't pay, you know, enough to really support like a, well, I wanted a family and stuff like that in the future, obviously. So I had to start seeking other options. And at, at the time, my mentor was like, dude, you should get into like website design. And I was like, bro, I grew up playing hockey. I'm a firefighter. Like, there's no <laughs> way in hell you're going to see me behind a keyboard, like doing anything like web tech related. Like that's just not who I am. I yeah. honestly, I kind of like brushed it off. I thought like, oh, I'm, a, like, I'm just too cool for that, you know, which is obviously not the case. <laughs> but after after really like studying, kind of putting my, my pride and ego aside and like really trying to understand WordPress and like the web online space and especially yeah. marketing, I literally fell in love within like a week or two. And then it, wow. it wasn't even like two months later, I found myself resigning from the fire department, starting my own Kivo Media Group agency, which is, it's, it's not a thing anymore, but that was like the first company that I developed. Yeah. And I landed my first biggest client. Uh, his name's Paul. He's a... Uh, the company that he owns is worth, like, I think, a little bit over $2 billion. And my sole goal for him was to just simply brand him as a, um, as a specialist like the health you know, MLM industry, as, as the you know, co-founder of its massive uh, health company. Uh -huh. And so from there is where I was able to basically learn and kind of harness all this, this media marketing and you know, between social media and public relations and even social media advertising. It all, I, I saw how I really was able to marry the three. Yeah. And come up with like this awesome like formula to just really start blowing up any person. So before I kind of get more into that story, that's how I kind of got my start. It was like four or five years ago. I had a, an awesome mentor who decided to, I was very fortunate. He took me under his wing and he just showed me all like all the ropes of like, you know, developing like a solid business foundation and a platform and like how to get clients and 
10 clients and, you know, scale and grow companies. And it was, it was really, really cool. And even though he was in the MLM space, I was focused on his personal stuff, which is even better. I was able to really dig deep and like, you know, how he grows his company and how to blow him up in this respective field that he was in. And I'm glad that you mentioned, uh, you know, having a mentor, because I think that's been a common pattern in a lot of our, our previous guests, you know, one of the factors that, uh, that they've had in success, and I always say there's power in the patterns where, you know, they've all had a, a mentor in some shape or fashion, whether if it was one-on-one or whether mm-hmm. if it's like, you know, through a course or some people following online. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was really cool. So that mentor, you were also started doing branding for? Yeah, that's exactly right. So my whole goal, so he had like five or six different websites that I was managing. I was also managing like his social media platforms. So that was, you know, like, you know, he kept saying, hey, I want to get verified. I had no idea. It's like, dude, why do you care so much about this little blue dot? (laughs) What's the big significance? And then after doing, and I was, myself, I was not even on social media. I didn't jump on social media until about maybe a year and like three, four months ago, myself personally. And wow. so I've been able to kind of like escalate that process only because of the, you know, like you said, like the patterns that I've known from the past and yeah. what I was able to duplicate what I did for Paul for myself and others. So yeah, yeah. dude, it was, it was a really cool experience to really learn under somebody who's already successful and knew the ropes. So it's kind of like me, he says, jump, I say how high. And I just, I just continue to do that. And, you know, throughout the years, I mean, I worked for him for almost three, like two and a half, three years. So I have, a, I had a lot of experience, even hands-on too. I actually moved from Virginia Beach, where I was currently living, as you know, as a firefighter initially, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, so I could actually be closer to him and meet up with him like three, four days a week for like wow. that for, at that point, like a year and a half, almost two years. Yeah, wow. It was, it was really yeah. cool. And uh, and it has me curious, like even related to like like self education. So, what did you do to like to learn and and to and to you know implement this uh, stuff in branding and. So initially, I was very hard-headed. I didn't want to read books. I thought I could maybe <laughs> do everything on my own. Um, obviously, as we all, you know, we all kind of, well, I thought that in the beginning, but I found out very, very shortly that that was not the case. I asked an ungodly amount of questions to this man. Oh, I good. asked away. I would spend, I mean, we would sit in his office. He had, just his office alone is probably at least like 2,000 square feet, like just super, super industrial, like really, really nice. And it was, it was awesome. And I would just ask away anything that would rise to the top of my head, it would come off and it's just boom, boom. I would just fire away. But I was luck, lucky enough to have somebody where it's not necessarily what questions you ask. It's also very important, which, you know, how you receive the answers and how you perceive the answers. And if you're yeah. getting, just because you're asking questions to people, if you're not receiving the right answers, that's not necessarily a recipe for success. It's all about mm-hmm. the mentor that you have. You want to be able to trade places with that person that you're asking questions with. And I feel like if you're asking, you know, financial advice to somebody who, you know, it's just, it's just not in a financial <laughs> space that you want to be in, it's probably not in your best interest to seek financial advice from them. However, if they're really good at scaling companies or doing like that, you, can, you should gear your questions towards the people that specialize in the industries or the, um, like the genre of questions that really you're, you're looking for. Yeah, I read a book uh, like um, I remember by Brian Grazier that uh, talked about that. He actually came and spoke in Chicago a couple of times already. And uh, but he yeah, the same in the same manner that you're describing, which is he calls it like a curiosity approach where he's asking questions, genuinely curious to find out more. And it's and it's always leading to the next thing to have a better understanding. Right. (laughs) <laughs> Very true. It's kind of like that little rabbit hole saying, you know, it's like you go down yeah. one, well, there's something on here. Let me go figure it out. Yeah. Exactly true. Wow. So you started doing that and that's what, you know, you started picking up those skills and so on. You know, one question that just came to mind was like, okay, uh, that blue verified, which is actually really cool. So what, what is the, what is, you know, kind of the steps or is there steps to, to get blue verified if, if some people right. are interested yeah. in that. So, so yeah. complete, so complete, you know, full di- disclosure. It's definitely not something that you kind of just, you know, buy or people sell. A lot of people think that that's absolutely not the case. Uh-huh. The thing, so the real significance behind the verified check is more importantly <clears throat> that the general, the general public knows that you're somebody of, I don't like to say like necessarily like importance or like of value especially because uh-huh. I feel like I'm talking about myself and I, I don't want to, I don't want to come from that place, but it's more so anyone who has a developed like digital footprint on Google. I personally yeah. 
could be more of a like, like liability, like risk factor within these social media platforms with all like the fraud that goes on and stuff like that. They kind of want to protect certain people. So lawsuits and stuff like that don't ever rise in the future. For example, yeah. if Drake wasn't verified and there's a million Drake accounts, how in the hell is Drake ever is like the real Drake account ever supposed to be recognized? You know what I mean? So I think it's yeah. just supposed to add people say credibility and stuff like that. Yes, that's true. But more importantly, it's so you know who you're, you're engaging with. And, um, wow. and with that, yes, it does come, you know, credibility and authority and stuff like that, because for some odd reason, seven people, seven billion people in the world have collectively come together to say, hey, that means, you know, X, Y or Z, which could be true. It's a little subjective. However, the real meaning and importance behind being verified is just so you know the account that you're talking to. You know, it's like the real human or the, the brand that you're speaking to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying I'm really glad that you gave that perspective because even part of the the show, the reason why we do the the podcast is is to really to, to really highlight the people that have been you know keeping it real. Because on the internet, there's a lot of fakes out there, especially yeah. in the e-commerce space and maybe even you know branding and coaching space. Absolutely. There's like you know there's a lot of fakes out there, and so I do my best to do the research. And you know most of the people that are you know up and coming stars. You know, they're not blue verified yet for whatever reason, but, you know, I try to do my best to, to highlight the people that have been keeping it real. But I'm glad that you mentioned that, that, you know, it's not just for the, you know, for the high status, but it's also for, you know, the audience to know that, okay, this person has been keeping it real, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, you know, yeah, obviously it yeah. helps within, you know, different categories, especially me. Like, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty big, like as far as like in the media space, like when I say pretty yeah. big, I know a lot about it. I'm not like the you know all be all when it comes to media or even PR. Um, but I have done a tremendous job positioning my clients for success. So when it yeah. comes to branding and positioning, my favorite thing is to make somebody, I can't make somebody successful, but I can at least, I can definitely sure the hell make them look successful. And then it's up to my client to kind of play out the rest of the part. And I think yeah. it's, it's very important, like, like especially, like I tell everybody, own your name, ownyourname.com. You know what I mean? So it's like, if it's, you know, dylancuba.com or whatever it is, I have to own that because I've seen so many cases where either competitors for brands or people have actually taken other people's, you know, .coms and forwarded to either their website or what have you. Wow. It's so important to, you know, not, not only own your own personal name, .com specific, and I keep saying .com specifically because that's yeah. kind of like the, that's kind of like the 800 pound gorilla when it comes to like the, the TDs um, as far as like the ending of domains. Yeah. Uh, the suffixes. But as far as like, more importantly than that, though, creating that digital footprint that actually leaves a lasting mark is I think, I personally honestly think it's one of the most important things you can do. Because if somebody wants to look up you or your company, and one, the worst thing is they don't find anything. Two, they find yeah. something that's bad, which is obviously that's a reputation management issue. But the best part <laughs> is if they if they Google you, they find, you know, everything that's positive And it's, you know, they have people from Forbes or, you know, Inc. Magazine talking very highly of you that actually adds instant credibility. So if, you know, just like with sales, it's like people, they say the formula of sales is they have to know, like, and trust you. Well, mm -hmm. you kind of get rid of the whole, um, the whole trust factor when you add, you know, credibility as far as PR from these high trusted sources like Forbes Inc. Magazine, because those, those publications are vetted. So yeah. if the best of the best are talking highly of you, there's a great chance that they're typically going to believe you. Man, really good point there for sure. And a really good tip about the dot com as well. So I say for the audience, you know, go check out if you can grab your name while you can. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's massive. And you yeah. know what, dude, especially with so many people and, you know, the world's getting bigger, the Internet's getting bigger. You want to lock down that real estate. I mean, mm -hmm. same with social media. You know, if you can own your, like, I just try to keep everything very basic, just doing Kibo across the board because I know the importance of being very consistent with branding. If, yeah. you know, I don't have just Kivo on Instagram and Dylan Kivo on Facebook because when people are trying to look for me, if and when they do, I want to make it dummy proof. I want them to kind of, I want to basically lead them to the water of exactly where I'm at. And uh, so it also sparked a question about related to, you know, how would, how does that translate even to like e-commerce? So say that people, you know, say some of the people that are looking to start like a new brand, a new store, and then that sort of thing. What, what are some of the approaches there that they should be thinking about? So, so that, that's a very, very good question. I'm definitely happy to ask or answer that. So the, I'll just give an example. So let's just say somebody has a health nutrition supplement company, right? Which, which is pretty booming yeah. right now. I think it'll be booming for, you know, for the rest of our lives, definitely. Yeah. So there's a, clearly there's a lot of other supplements out there. There's a lot of competitors. There's a lot of people in a lot of, you know, 
a lot of information on the internet talking about their own supplements or other people's supplements. Well, it comes down to how are you going to like separate yourself from the pack? And again, I, and it, this is just because this is the service that I do for all my clients, but I truly believe in it. And I, I believe it on such a, uh, such a high level that I'm definitely a product of my own service. And if the way that you can definitely separate from your pack is, you know, there's a couple ways. There's having third-party sources, like I just said, with, you know, Forbes, Inc. Magazine saying, hey, this is why this supplement is so great. There's that. So it's third-party, you know, cred uh, credibility. There's also other people, right? So there's credibility people in, like, the health industry that either, you know, they're influencers that either in you know LA or New York City that have millions of followers they're verified they're very credible if they're talking very highly about your nutrition product as well that's a great kind of lift off you know what I mean mm -hmm. like not only do their followers see it which is awesome because it's kind of they become kind of like that warm lead that there's a good chance they're gonna buy the product because they trust that that idol of theirs or whoever it is that they've trusted for so many years so I think at the end of the day between branding, just being different is always the best way to go, but being different in the right way. Not just being just different, just be different, but make sure being like different with a purpose. Yeah. And also having like credibility and having <laughs> having a product that actually works is also very important, right? Just because you yeah. have all this third party credit uh, credibility and authority and everyone's saying that your product's the best at the end of the day, your product is only as good as your own product. You can't you can't just supplement a product and just pretend like it's good at the end of the day it's good or it's bad. You can't fabricate that. Yeah. And so you always, at the core of your company is your product or service has to be number one. It has to be, you know, it has to be the best. It has to be what some, somebody wants to consume. And so when it comes to nutrition, especially with like these crazy keto and like all these different diets and gluten-free and all that, if uh -huh. you hit the buzzwords in your advertising, it's also enticing. So yeah. you have to just know your market and really understand what is the audience that I'm serving? What are they looking for? Take yourself out of the equation and try to put yourself in your buyer's shoes and then target that person. Really good mindset there. And, and you know, talking about the, like the psychological aspects of it. And uh, I think it's just really good because, you know, one is to like to take your company, whether if it's, you know, a single product store or niche store or, mm -hmm. uh, or even a personal brand, it's just like something that you can do to, to stand out. And, yeah. uh, and like I was sharing with you, you know, like with the podcast, like I said, you know, at the beginning, after getting that endorsement, you know, then I started, you know, running with, okay, well now it's the number one drop shipping podcast yes. on the planet. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, that little endorsement, you know, just to, to stand out a little bit further than, than say the other podcasts, you know, so like any type of like credibility or a way to differentiate, you to know what, that's a perfect example that you brought up. <laughs> You, I think you correct me if I'm wrong too. I think you said Player FM. Was that right? Player FM, yeah. And then Spotify, correct? And Spotify, yeah. Spotify now sponsoring the podcast, yeah. Sponsoring, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is awesome because it's like you know, and I, I obviously mm. I don't know the stats when it comes to how many people, how many podcasts they've sponsored and stuff like that. And I'm sure we could find that somewhere. But the great thing about with, with you know with what you do is obviously you're in like the audio entertainment like industry, and clearly so is Spotify. So yeah. the fact that Spotify, you know, clearly like a multi-billion dollar company has recognized your podcast as something that they want to sponsor, that yeah. speaks volumes. Now you can attach and associate your brand, your company to such a big, relevant, you know, credible source uh, company like Spotify. And that, again, that adds instant credibility to your podcast. That brings yeah. listeners into you. And that's exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, that's a perfect example. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome, brother. Congratulations on that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. actually very impressive. Seriously, yeah, that's no, I, yeah, I appreciate it, man. And uh, and I tell you, and I share my journey with with the audience. Like, I mean, I say maybe about a year and a half ago, when first starting, you know, I remember applying just to get the podcast on their platform, and it, you know, the, that didn't get approved. You know, wow. until I until I got some traction going, and then they approved it, and then. You know, then, like I said, beginning of the year, got the endorsement. And then now, now they're paying me to, to run the show, which is pretty cool. That's really cool. So, so yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate that. And, um, but yeah, it goes to show, I mean, kind of the groundwork and whether, you know, the audience, the people listening, you know, they're, they're into e-commerce and in majority doing their drop shipping business. But mm -hmm. a lot of the approaches there is, you know, some of them are doing, you know, branding, single product stores, niche stores. Right. And, and you want to take that same like level of impact for the, for their e-commerce store to, to really stand out, to build some credibility uh, in that space. And, Absolutely. Uh, 
Yeah. So hopefully they're take, taking away that mindset there, which is awesome. You know, one thing that actually had me curious was what's the story behind uh, launching the Kivo Daily? As I was doing the research all through there, man, that's really good stuff. And uh, the people Thanks, that man. you have on there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, the, so basically, I kind of call it like the last straw type of company. So, and I'll explain <laughs> by that. So, I used to write for uh, Forbes Inc. and Entrepreneur Magazine, and I also wrote for Huffington Post. And you wow. know, all the all those companies, amazing companies, amazing publications and magazines. They've done you know a tremendous job with everything that they've done. I was writing for. I'll never forget this day. It was January 18th. Oh, it's almost coming up. It was January 18th of 2017, I believe. Maybe wow. it was. In, anyway, so one of those two years, it was like either yeah. a year or two ago. And I woke up to a text message from, I think it was like Ariana Huffington, or an email from Ariana Huffington. Just like wow. a mass, it was a mass email. It wasn't just directly. Oh, okay. okay. And it, <laughs> it was, to all, yeah, all right. I wouldn't say it. It, was, it. it was to all the contributors, the, the US based contributors who wrote for you know, her publication at the time. She, she sold it and she's moved on to Thrive Global and stuff like that. And I'll never forget the headline said something like, you know, we are closing the U.S. you know column indefinitely, and then you know the body of the, of the email is about explaining why. Well, very long story short, they shut down all of our access. Anybody that was a U.S.-based contributor, there's like I don't know, think five thousand, maybe you know six thousand of us who who wrote for the, the publication, and it was awesome. It did it did really well, and it, it was huge. Most people, a lot of people, you don't really hear too much about Huffington Post anymore. I mean, it, it's still big, and it's probably just as big, but it's especially in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Their audience has really declined because of that. Because all their contributors just kind of nowhere to be found, right? So it's only staff writers at this point. Um, so wow. long story short, as soon as I got that email, I was like, never again for the rest of my life am I ever going to allow a third-party publication to decide if I can either – if I can publish or, you know, get my cop- my uh, my information deleted off the website or whatever it was, like to have control of my website. I wanted to control the narrative of my story and also my clients. And so yeah. – I was thinking, I was like, well, what can I do? What can I do? And then like a week later, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to just start my own. I'm going to start my own publication. Like it is what it is. And I went to, I had a, a lot of buddies, <laughs> really people, these major publications and a lot of connections with journalists and other people like the PR world. And I would say I reached out to maybe 250 people. Only five people came on board with me. And, and they wow. still work publication today. Like they're, they're, amazing people, but only like, you know, less than maybe 1% actually wanted, like could really actually believed in me that I could do it. Right. And so I kind of took that and, and I don't really function of a place of like, Oh, let me prove people wrong. It's more of like, let me prove myself. Right. That's kind of how I like to look at things. Like, it's like, I don't like all this, all these other people, it's kind of like side noise. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I know a lot of people like they'll do things just to say, Oh, this person says it can do so I'm going to do it just to prove them wrong. But it's like, bro, I'm not living for them anyways. I'm living for myself. <laughs> so it's like, for that, I was like, you know, I know I could do it. I think it'd be a lot of fun. This is the space I'm really intrigued in. Let me just see what I can do. Mm. And so very long story short, I worked on it for for 80 hours every every 80 hours a week for six months straight before I made a penny with advertising on Cuba Daily. Wow. And within the first month, I had, you know, like maybe 25, 50 writers. And then events like now, I just logged in the other day and I saw it was like, 2750 something writers and and i don't know what these other like these major major publications have i have no idea the only thing i do know is at the time when huffington post you know shut us down to contributors they had 5,000 us based so if that brings me around half of what huffington post was when they were about like 15 16 years into their publication when if i could do that within the first year and a half i think i'm going towards like the right direction but the most important thing about that publication is that passion for it and I love giving people an opportunity and a voice to to voice their their opinions and and facts on on a website that otherwise they may they may not have had the opportunity to with like Forbes or some of these like really higher tier publications. And yeah. I like to look at Kibo Daily more as like a stepping stone to where somebody really wants to go because I feel yeah. like I never had that opportunity. And I don't yeah. even pretend like it's the the next New York Times or Forbes or whatever it is. I know where Kivo Daily is right now, but more importantly, I know where it's headed. But I want to use this as a tool and it, like advice for people to really use as not a crutch, but more of like training wheels in order to ride the bike as smoothly as they want in the future. No, yeah, I think you found a good a good niche there. I mean, it's kind of like filling that gap, you know, between people getting 
getting their start, their up and coming stars, but maybe not have reached uh, yeah. that mainstream publication as yet. Absolutely. Uh, which, which is really good. And, th- and I think that's a sweet spot because especially with, with the way things are going, you know, time and attention. I mean, now things are fast. I mean, it's almost oh, yeah. the mainstream publications oh, is almost a little bit too slow compared to, you know, people that are keeping a pulse. So, mm-hmm. you know, like for the audience, like I said, I mean, you know, Dylan has been keeping a pulse you know, on the industry. And actually it reminded me, you know, one of the guests that I think you had uh, on Kivo Daily was Kevin Zhang. Yep, yep, yep. You remember Kevin? So Kevin was a, was a previous uh, feature guest on the podcast and his story is just amazing. I mean, he's TEDx speaker and then within one year, you know, producing over $20 million and this was, you know, doing drop shipping and, and e-commerce and, um, and just amazing, but maybe share your story, like you know, uh, about Kevin being on Kivo Daily. Yeah, so Kevin, he's actually a friend of mine. Um, oh, cool. I've done a little, I've actually done a little work with. It's funny. It's even. It's really funny you even brought him up because I'm currently working on some, you know, articles and stuff like that that I'm pitching him to the media and stuff. Like as we speak, my team's working on that right now, which is funny timing. Awesome. He. he uh, he came to me a couple months ago and he was like, Hey, like I see what you're doing basically, you know, about like personal branding and stuff like that. And I looked, I looked at everything he's doing and we jumped on the phone and we, we just clicked. He's a super That's good cool. guy. He definitely knows his stuff when it comes to e-commerce and just like hearing his story about like how the growth and the trajectory of his company of where it's been and where it's going is amazing yeah. to see. Um, we've never done business together. We're, we're in very different fields when it comes to, you know, like our, our careers and stuff like that, but he's definitely a friend of mine. And I think, I, I love the the stuff that he's done with all the e-commerce stuff. I don't know exactly what he sells, but I know he's he's very very good at. It. He has a large team and he's very respected in the industry. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it goes to show. Yeah, and I remember Kevin like I mean, and you could tell he he takes it seriously. And you know, for the audience, like I remember he had a he has his own PR uh, agent as well. And I remember mm-hmm. his PR agent. Yeah, I know was, exactly who it is. <laughs> <Right>? yeah, <laughs> I was actually, just yeah. like I was like that's awesome. So I mean. And I think that's probably, you know, a good part, a reason for his success and fast success com- relative to, to others is that, you know, he's, he's all in and taking every professional step. So, yeah. you know, for the audience, you could see if, if Kevin's reaching out to Dylan, Dylan's the real deal here. And, uh, you know, he's plugging in and just making connections. And for Kevin, it's all happened within the past year and a half, which is just like an amazing. Well, see you know, one little spinoff that I'll say about that with Kevin is so what he's done right is yes, he's obviously had like the financial success mm-hmm. where I think he's done even like very, very great at is definitely getting exposure around that. It's kind of like the way I like, it, I like to explain it. It's, a, it's like, yes, it's cool to have a Lamborghini and stuff like a Ferrari, but if uh, all those cars are sitting in a, in a garage and nobody sees them, you know, it's kind of like what, if you never open up that garage and allow people into your life and allow people to see the success that you've had, it's, yeah. I don't want to say it's honest because I don't I like, as far as using cars and like money and stuff like that, this is just an, obviously just an analogy. Yeah. But it's like having a Lamborghini in a garage. It's like, what's the point? It's like, you want to, you want to get out and, sh- and show the world and, and drive the car. And that's what, it, that's what PR does. It really just accelerates the eyeballs and, and just having them understand exactly what you do and how you do it. But if you never tell the world what you do, they're never going to know. Yeah. So the world, the world wouldn't have known that Kevin has made, you know, I don't know how much exactly, but you know, 20, 20 million like that you know, in the year and everything, if he didn't tell you. And that's what PR yeah. is. It's basically yeah. just accelerating the knowledge about yourself, but most yeah. importantly, contr- controlling that narrative and only allowing that story that you want to be told to be told to the public versus having other people or other journalists tell a story about you that may not be true. And then that's, <laughs> that's where problems start. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's always very, I tell my clients like jump on it first. Don't let other people tell your story. Make sure you're controlling that narrative and you're telling the world your story. Yeah. Really good point there. And hopefully the audience is catching that. I mean, even with just with what Dylan just shared, but then also, you sharing your experience, how you started Kivo Daily, um, and and even e-commerce professionals, you know, they should keep a mindful eye as, you know, not keep in mercy to the platform. So like, you know, mm-hmm. you were publishing and writing for the Huffington Post and, right. know, and, and all of a sudden they just changed the game and it just completely cut you out. Same mm-hmm. way in the, in the e-commerce world, if you, if you just, you know, solely tied to a platform and if they change the rules, 
and you know you didn't you know make contingencies or where you can have control then you know you're kind of stuck in the game as well and you know there's uh, yeah a lot of parallels there that 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 people should be mind mindful of the other thing that i wanted to touch on sorry was that uh, that the thing that that i hope the audience caught was the way that you said i mean you put in 80 hours a week for six months before you even started to see any you know you know yeah any revenue yeah and, and i don't mean like i didn't see thousands of dollars I and mean, we're, we're talking like 50 dollars here I, I mean like the first like just payment ever as far as advertising you know spend goes it's yeah. not like oh after six months i was a millionaire from absolutely not no no that was where i just saw of, of where you know things were going to go and you know now yeah. it's doing pretty good and so, and so hopefully the audience catches that which is just like the power of the work that you put into this you know one you had vision and then two you know consistency you know action and then belief just to work through it and then you know maybe even touch on that a little bit like you know was it all confidence going all the way through or was it some uncertainty or what what was going on like throughout those six months as like uh you know maybe paint that picture for the audience yeah, absolutely. So it's funny because the first was actually not funny at all. It was very sad in the very beginning. So after the first month, so after spending, let's just say, you know, 80 hours a week for the first month, that would be uh, about 320 hours on, on average, <laughs> obviously, right? Yeah. So I wake up one morning and the site was gone. When I see, when I mean gone, like it was, it was shut, it was down, like it was, it was actually hacked. And I was thought, I was like, oh my, like if I can't get this back, I'm just, I'm just like, that's it. Like, I'm not going to start it back up. Like just, you know, I'm done. Wow. Right? Yeah. And fortunately after spending like 10 hours on the phone with like, you know, a couple tech people and GoDaddy and you know, like the hosting servers, servers and like all that stuff. Yeah. It was gone. Um, they, they had no idea what happened. They, I don't know if I messed and I could have done something too. I mean, I wasn't definitely wasn't a pro at, you know, developing a, what I was trying to build, like a, a big, big publication at the time. I didn't have like that much experience on the back end of building a website, only on the front end, as far as like the development goes. And so, and at the time, I think I had like around, you know, maybe 20, 30 writers at the time. And so everything shut down. So all of them were just like, what's going on? So not only did I feel bad for like, obviously my own time, but more importantly, when people are writing these articles, let's just say an article takes an average of one to two hours per article. If some people have written four or five articles under the column and there's that times 20, 30 people. I and mean, we're talking, we're talking over a hundred hours of other times, you know, people's, their time spent. And that's what, yeah. that's actually refreshed me more than anything. Um, yeah. I, you know, I just, I, put my computer down for about a day or two. And I, then I, I remember thinking to myself, it was very, very clearly. I remember thinking one day I'm going to look back on today and yeah. think if I would have quit, I wouldn't be where I am today. And so I kind of took that as yeah. like motivation of like, and, 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 you know, quite frankly, that was kind of like one of the first times I've ever really been like punched in the face in business when it comes to like, you put everything into business and it just doesn't work out like you expected. And I realized that it's kind of just training for me for the future because like not everything's always going to go as planned. It's not always going to yeah. be smooth, typically going to be that up and down roller coaster that everybody speaks about. So yeah. I almost took that as like motivation of like, you know what, this is just, this is a little glimpse of what the future is going to be like. But if I can, if I can t- roll with the punches, take the hits and move forward, things are going to be so much better than they are now. And wow. that's actually exactly what happened. Um, and there, there's been, you know, situations since, however, I can promise you that website will never go down in the future. You know, I, have, <laughs> I have like this, I put, I spent a lot of money in security, a lot of my, that's, that's a, really a good. Of where my money is spent on the website. It's not necessarily like paying, you know, like writers and stuff like that. It's actually in the security to make sure at the found, at the foundation level of that company is rock freaking solid. So that's I'm awesome. always making sure because of that. And that's why I'm so glad that I learned early on that. Hey, security, it's really, really big for anything online or especially like a, a publication that's ran digitally. I have to make sure my, my security is up to par. And so every, every day, you know, ever since then, there, there's been a little hiccups where it's like it goes down for a day and I get it back up the next. But it hasn't been anything, you know, it hasn't been down for anything more than maybe 12 hours. And then nothing's happened ever, you know, in the last like four or five months, which, which has been awesome. But yeah, man, that was a struggle. Like I, yeah. it, was, it was very, very tough. But I mean, at the end of the day, man, it's like, I, I just, I try not to be a quitter. The reason I try not to be a quitter is because I've done it in the past and I'll never stop. I don't want to say regret, but I'll never forget the feeling of quitting. And this, and we're talking, you know, like maybe like nine, 10 years ago. Um, 
it was actually with a whole nother side business that I just, I just straight quit. I, I didn't even try to fix this, like the problems that were happening. I didn't, come, didn't try to come up with solutions. I just quit. Um, the good thing is, you know, I was in like early on in like high school and stuff like that. It's where it really didn't matter. Right. But what mattered the most is I remember the feeling of quitting and I've never let that feeling escape me. So anytime something ever arises in the, in like the present or the, or the future, I will always re resort back to when I was in high school and I quit and I say, hell no, like I can't, like I can't allow my, it'll be sick if, if I ever think of quitting. That's the thing. doesn't make it easier. I just, I just don't want to quit. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, once you quit, that's when you truly fail. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, man, great takeaway. And I'm glad that you shared, uh, shared this journey and, and you know, the audience is going to get a lot of value out of it, which is just like, I mean, that type of ad adversity, but then, you know, now as you can see, because you didn't quit and then you learned from your mistakes or maybe what you may have missed, now it became your greatest strength. And you Absolutely. know, you know, you know, now you got this down where, okay, now it's, you know, the most secure, you know, thing that you have on there and yeah, <laughs> solid uptime and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, man. A, that's a great story for sure, man. That's awesome. You, uh, you know, one of the things that I was curious about was what's the story behind speaking at NetCon? I saw that you that spoke on stage. Yeah, yeah. Share yeah, that yeah. with the audience. So that was, so I was on a panel. So it was, it wasn't just, you know, like 30 minutes or 45 minutes designated just for me, but it was, on, I was on a media panel, media and marketing. So it was really cool. I think we were up on, um, John Danes was on there as well with me. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with him as yeah. well. I think you with him, right? Yeah. Yeah. We just had a podcast together. Yeah. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's one of my closer friends too. Um, awesome. So it was him, myself, um, Chris Delgado. He's, he's a pretty big dude as well. And Sims, Joe Stiver, um, a couple other people, I think one other dude. And, um, he's going to kill me if he sees this long story short, <laughs> <laughs> whoever it is. No, anyways, it was a lot of fun and, um, it was all just geared towards marketing and it was all digital marketing specifically, which is awesome. So whenever there's any questions geared towards, you know, media or, you know, even social media marketing, I was able to kind of really just touch the points that I've kind of already hit today with you yeah. as far as why it's important to build credibility and build out the, you know, your, your digital footprint on Google and why you want to own your own space and stuff like that and how it adds value to not only your brand, but most importantly, when you're coming to like selling your products or services, how it helps you close, you know, close the deal. Um, yeah. and there's, I don't know how many people there maybe. 200 maybe I, I i don't know exactly there's a good amount of people it was really fun it was at the top of the usc center you know in la and um we had a really good a really good time i think it was two to three days long and it was awesome that's awesome it was, it yeah. was a privilege really is what it was to be there good yeah. time really really good people yeah and and i think i think it was because of that event i think that's how i, I stumbled upon you and learning a little bit more about what you've been working on uh which i thought was great and, uh, and then, and that's the reason why I wanted to invite you to, to be on the podcast, just because of that connection. Um, the same thing, like you mentioned, Joe Staber, you know, he's, he was a previous guest on the podcast as well. And, cool. uh, but I mean, all these connections, so from the people that have been either featured on Kivo daily or, you know, the people that you just mentioned that you shared the mm -hmm. stage with, you know, a lot of them have been on the podcast. So I was like, I saw that connection. And then just the power of your experience and branding that people, I mean, even if they're not, you know, looking to personally brand themselves, even though I'd say that they should be looking to do that, but, uh, you know, for their own e-commerce stores, mm -hmm. um, they, they should be thinking about that because it's the same principles that's going to like give you that, that, uh, strategic advantage, you know, to get more Absolutely. sales and things like that. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> In fact, bro, I, I would love to, you know, interview you for Cuba daily as well, if you're interested. Yeah, that'd be great, man. I think that'd be uh, a first step to my own PR because I haven't done any PR up to this point. I think that's something okay. that I'd like to do in 2020. Yeah. So, so maybe, yeah, maybe we could talk about that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, the other thing I like to say too, if you're ever passing through Chicago, I actually have family out there in North Carolina. So sometimes I'm out there in Charlotte. And Really? Um, yeah, yeah. So sometimes wow. I'm passing through every now and then. I'll be sure to hit you up. Absolutely. Uh, it has to be soon, man, because I'm moving in you're like moving? Two, three weeks. To <laughs> oh, yeah, you just, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe when I'm passing through there, maybe I'll stop by. My uh, yeah. my cousin actually lives over there in Illinois. 
Yeah, I'd say if you're ever uh, passing through Chicago. So another quick story to share with you is like, along with this journey throughout the year, um, and when deciding to focus on drop shipping and, and e-commerce, I looked around in Chicago. I was like, okay, well, what groups can I plug in with? You know, what mm-hmm. meetup groups, what events are, are, and there wasn't anything popping off in Chicago. So I was like, all right, somebody should start this thing. And I was like, well, who's going to start it? I was like, well, maybe the number one drop shipping podcast should start this. A meetup group, and sure enough, yeah. we we called it Dropship Chicago. But long story short, over the course of maybe five months, we now have over two hundred members Whoa. in Chicago, and we're meeting. We have major events monthly, and then we do workshops weekly. And we operate out of uh, there's a place called 1871. It's off of River North. It's like the business, you know, tech startup hub in Chicago. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's just really. I mean. There's a brand new uh, condo building being built. Jeff Bezos just, you know, bought it a $12 million penthouse there. So it's just like, it's right in the middle of everything. And uh, it's just really awesome stuff. But long story short, like I'd say, if you're ever passing through Chicago, you know, definitely, you know, we'll put together an event or host you or whatever you're yeah, interested in. That'd be great. Um, it'd, be, it'd be really cool. Yeah, it'd be really cool to have you there. Absolutely, um, man. <laughs> yeah, that's it. awesome. So, you know, uh, well, one that actually reminded me of. So now as you've been operating, what does like a day in your life look like now as you've been running your business and, and agency? So I'm always, so what, I'm, what I've learned lately as like the last couple of years is I only want to focus on the things that truly matter. And this is a business perspective, obviously like personal life and stuff like that, that's kind of separate. But as far as like growing and optimizing a business is I want to make sure I'm, I'm always focused on the safety maintenance and also like the scaling growing of my companies. And so I have, believe it, it's funny you talk about e-commerce so much. I actually have an, you know, an Amazon store, it's automated and stuff like that, which is really cool to kind of just see, watch that grow. But I have that. I actually have, you know, Kilo Daily. There's another, there's another magazine that I'm actually in the works of acquiring. I can't say the name of it just yet, only for legal purposes. (laughs) It's based out of New York City. And I think it's going to be, it's a, it's a pretty big uh, publication. (laughs) But um, anyways, so that'll be that'll be really fun. So I have that. I have like the consulting stuff, and I have Authority Titans. I'm kind of switching yeah. a lot of my attention and just focusing on specifically all the like the media, like the PR, uh, the publicity side of things, and mm-hmm. fully automating all the other companies that I have, and just maintaining them and watching them, and you know, just kind of focusing on sales and stuff like that with those. So I'd say the day in the life of me is just typically talking to. I have about like seven, eight employees right now that are basically worldwide, but it's just making sure that they're always up to par and they're always doing what they're supposed to be doing. Obviously answering any questions that they may have, giving them advice on how to kind of, kind of take what they're doing and elevate, you know, that experience. But my most important thing is making sure my clients and employees are extremely happy and love what they do. And they love working with me and my team. Um, I've actually, I've never had an employee quit. I fired several people, but over the last, you know, three to four years, I've never had an employee quit on me. And I love that. I actually, I actually very much take pride in that because I feel like there's nothing worse than working in an environment that you're either uncomfortable with, or you're just not satisfied with. Cause I mean, I've been there, I've worked at McDonald's and I've, I've had plenty of jobs that I really, really hated. So I make sure with all my employees that they never feel that way. And if they do, you know, I make adjustments obviously, but, um, yeah, man, it's just making sure that all my employees are very satisfied, same with my clients. And always just trying to focus on like the big picture moving parts of my companies. That's really good, man. And yeah, that says a lot, man, for sure. The having the retention and things like that. And I was actually wondering, yeah, maybe we could touch on, maybe talk about the authority Titans and, and the type of service that you provide there. Yeah, absolutely. So with the authority Titans, it's fairly new. I actually, perfect timing, man. I just finished the book. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a authority book. Titans book yeah it's called it's it's about 100 110 pages long and i'm super excited i'm actually working with i again i can't say the name of the company yet oh we'll we'll link in the future maybe but it's um it's a really big publishing company that can help get like barnes and noble and like make it like a real legit book not just like just like an amazon seller and stuff like that which there's nothing wrong with that and i have a book out there that's that is just on amazon and you know it, it does very well but however um the only reason why me personally am so excited about being able to partner up with a publishing company because it goes down to the roots of what I do in my service is the credibility. It's different if it's dealing with publishing or if it's, you know, 
Morgan and James publishing company or something like that, because that actually makes that adds credibility to me and, you know, the name and the book. So so what the authority Titans is, it's, it's basically, it's basically subscription. It's retainer is what it is. It's not a package, right? It's not like, Hey, for $2,000, you get these publications. We, I don't ever do work that way because it's very like gray line in the PR industry. So what I do is it's just a normal retainer. It's currently yeah. 997 that you know, obviously that price may fluctuate, you know, during time may go up, may go down or it may change a little bit. However, the beauty behind that is I focus on making people authorities in their industry. So if it's a real estate agent in you know LA, I can get them hooked up on like, you know, top 10 real estate agents in LA that gets posted on Yahoo or MSNBC or whatever it is. I mean, I, of course I, I pitch these people to, you know, to whatever publication or magazine that it is. And yeah. so have more than not, you know, my clients typically get accepted because I typically work with pretty, you know, high level individuals coupled with the amazing relationships that I've forged over the long, you know, last couple of years with all these, you know, journalists and, you know, guest writers at these big publications. Yeah. So I help all of the authority Titans, like the, the Titan, you know, members, I help them establish their credibility online. So it's like a lot of the clients, if you Google their names, it'll look like when you Google mine. So it's like if you Google Dylan Kivo, you'll see like the Google knowledge panel, you'll see like all these you know amazing publications or whatever it is. And yeah. I basically have duplicated what I've done for myself for others. And it's um it's it's nine ninety seven for a guarantee. You have to it's for I think three months is like the lowest you can go. The reason why it's three months is because you know, sometimes if, if I pitch a story to a publication, it doesn't go up the next day. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's like, okay, they accepted it, but they're going to post it next month because that's when the theme of the of their content is going to come out that that I have the story that I've pitched to them. So yeah. that's why I say it's, it's a three-month kind of a window. And not only that, honestly, if you work with me for a month, you're probably not going to get your money's worth. When I, what, I, what I mean by that is I can't, I can't do – I can't make like a lasting impact on anybody's brand in a month. There's not, there's not much you know, creative ability or freedom that I have with that to play with. Yeah. So I have to, like the more time I can, re- I can actually build out that digital footprint. That's actually going to move the needle towards success for you know you or your business. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I tell people that I don't even feel comfortable taking their money if it's anything less than three months because I know that what I'm going to do is probably not really going to help them out, and I don't feel good doing that. So if yeah. I if I know that a three month minimum is really what I need to help them, and you know it's worth their money, that's that's why I kind of lay the line at three yeah. months. Yeah, no, that makes total sense for sure. Because I mean, you know, it, it's not just like a advertisement. It, it's more of a organic growth that you're reaching yeah. out to. And uh, I would say maybe an analogy might be something similar to like SEO. If you want to get ranked on a certain yeah, thing, it, it, takes it takes some time to to get that. Yeah, like if you put if you put like a fresh. <clears throat> A loaf of bread in the oven you can't just open the door a minute later and expect you to have like a full full blown up you know <laughs> bread. you have to it has to sit in there it has to bake it has to do what it needs to do to you know over time to it really expand and that's the same thing with building out your digital footprint like if you don't give it the time to expand you're going to be left with one or two links that's not going to be it's not going to have a lasting effect on your brand no that's awesome stuff man yeah i'm glad that you shared that and so for the audience if they want to find out more information, what's the best way to to find more information on that? Um, I would so on Authority Titans, you can either go to just authoritytitans.com, and that's that's a great way to kind of just like look at look at the service for like in depth, see videos and testimonials, and see like that, and see like you know really why. If it's for you, awesome. If you'd like to work with me, cool. That's great. Um, another website would definitely just be my personal, which is dylankibo.com. And that kind of covers more of like the umbrella between like, you know, Kibo Daily, the, um, the, the book that I'm coming out with, and the Authority Titans, you know, program and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. that's probably either one works. And as far as like communication goes, I would highly suggest Instagram just because I'm always on there um, and always, you know, trying to interact with everybody as quickly and as efficiently as possible, which is just Dylan Kibo, simple, just D-I-L-L-O-N-K-I-V as and for the audience, you can see the pattern. He's got his name down, all That's the right. platforms, <laughs> the tag names, the dot coms, and all that. He's 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 living what he's uh, preaching at the same time. Which yeah, is I try. I try to do that. <laughs> I, that. Dude, that's funny you even bring that up because I tell everybody, you know, a lot of people come to me, hey, like, you know, when do you think I'm ready to start selling my product or service? And I tell them that you're ready to start selling your service when you're a product of it. Yeah, that's powerful. If you're not a product of your own service, then what do you, you have no business, you know, selling snake oil to somebody. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. No, I see that all the time. You know, people are 
they get caught up in learning things, but haven't even, you know, done it for themselves, but they're ready to teach or try to yep. coach somebody without actually doing exactly. it. Exactly. Man, great stuff, man. Well, hey, you dropped a lot of value here for sure. And I want to be respectful of your time because I see we're coming to the hour, but this is really awesome stuff. Oh, actually, I just remembered, is it cool to follow up with you maybe in about six months, maybe bring, bring you back on the podcast? Bro, you can follow up on, yeah, you can follow up with whatever <laughs> you like. Absolutely. And also uh, too, I'd like to throw it out there, just, just you know, if you're cool with this, but it's for, like, for your audience. If any one of your audience wants to be featured on Kibo Daily, tell them to reach out, you know, to me. And then as long as everything's, you know, very, like, very aligned with what we do and like, you know, what we cover, um, you know, obviously this is not, this is no charge. This is completely free. I would love to feature, you know, your audience as well. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure there's a lot of people. I, and I get a lot of shout outs, you know, people that are sharing their success and their growth. So there's, there's a lot of up and coming stars that are kind of taking oh, it to sure. the next level. So that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. great stuff for sure. Well, uh, man, this is great. So I really appreciate having you on the on the show. And Thank I want to give you a chance to leave some closing remarks with the audience. So I'll just let you take it away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say like as far as last closing remarks would just be like, no matter what you do in life, always be passionate about it. Because like I've, like I said earlier, it's like I've done the jobs where it's like I really dreaded it. I hate, you know, waking up in the morning kind of sucked because I knew what I was doing for the rest of the day. And it's not, you know, I've really, I've actually recently learned that life is certainly not about just making money. It's nice. It makes certain things easier. It's about loving life and loving every day of every waking moment that you have. Because at the end of the day, man, you know, you, me, everybody listening, we're only here for a set number of time. And, you know, we all have our own, our own sand in our hourglass. We just don't know how much is left. And it's like, yeah. if you don't, if you don't live every waking hour and, I, and it's kind of cliche and it's, it's hard to do every single minute of every you know, hour of the day, but if, if you can just try to maximize your moments and just be very present and understand why you're taking certain actions during the day, my advice is be, it would definitely be just, you know, have passion in what you do and never have money be the end goal. Cause at the end of the day, I can actually say from personal experience, that is never, that should never be an end goal. Cause it's pretty empty if that's your if that's your end all be all there should always be a little bit more than just you know money at the end of the tunnel for you. well said for sure well Appreciate hey it. this is great man yeah dylan yeah this is really awesome stuff man glad to have you on the podcast thank you appreciate the time we'll definitely keep in contact brother Thank you for listening to this episode of Tech Money Talks. Endorsed by Player FM, you help make Tech Money Talks the number one dropshipping podcast on the planet. You help the show go mainstream because Tech Money Talks podcast is now officially sponsored by Spotify. If you're ever in Chicago, join our Dropship Chicago meetup group held at 1871 to meet with me personally and other professional dropshippers. We do meetings weekly. I'm now producing new, valuable content on YouTube weekly. Go check it out and subscribe. Tech Money Talks is teaching you all about money-making opportunities that technology can bring. We're just getting started. There's more great things to come. Stay plugged in. Throw me a shout-out. And remember, you're just one product away.